Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, continue working out your salvation with awe and reverence for the one bringing forth in you both the desire and the effort for the sake of his good pleasure is God. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God without blemish though you live in a crooked and perverse society in which you shine as lights in the world by holding on to the word of life so that on the day of Christ, I will have a reason to boast that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice together with all of you. And in the same way, you also should be glad and rejoice together with me. My wife and I have a strange enjoyment of long road trips, and I do mean long. I used to hate them as a child. My grandparents lived three and a half hours away from my house growing up. We'd see them on a pretty regular basis, and I remember dreading the trip. It felt like an eternity. I had nothing to do. Reading made me car sick, mom was nervous about our hearing and wouldn't let us use headphones, and my parents got tired of playing Adventures and Odyssey tapes at times. So, we sat there and complained. But then I went to college at a school seven hours away from my home in Cedarville, Ohio, and it slowly became a game. The game was called How Long Can I Drive Without Having to Stop? I would push as long as I could. My roommate and I would load up after classes at 5 p.m. and drive all the way until midnight. He couldn't drive a stick shift, so it was just me. I felt pretty manly as I pulled into my parents' driveway at midnight. But then I started dating this girl from Newton, Illinois. From Monrovia, Maryland to Newton, Illinois is 676 miles. 10 hours and 16 minutes, according to Google Maps. All of it was on Interstate 70. The directions for the trip were simple. Get on Interstate 70 and then stare at the back of the semi for the next day. Soon thereafter, I married that girl and we moved to Hunlock Creek, Pennsylvania. Now we added Interstate 80 to the mix and another hour. It was now 757 miles and 11 hours and 20 minutes. Johanna and I drove that trip dozens of times. And then we had kids. So we started driving at night while they were sleeping. But then I started sleeping while I was driving. So we stopped doing that and just drove during the day and let the kids scream. Eventually, they stopped screaming and just learned to sleep on car trips. Since my parents don't live out east anymore, we don't have to do that trip as often. But we still figure out ways to take long road trips. We've driven to Myrtle Beach several times. That's 869 miles. Pensacola, 689 miles. And then I drove back the very next day. Gatlinburg was a shorter one, only 471 miles, but all in one shot. This last year, however, we outdid ourselves. We were camping at the Grand Canyon, and we had planned to drive back across three days and two nights, stopping in New Mexico and Kansas. But the weather forecast called for rain across the entire trip. It's one thing to be camping and have rain move in, and it's a whole nother thing to drive in the rain, set up tents in the rain, sleep in the rain, tear down wet tents in the rain, and then get your wet self back in the car and drive for a whole nother day. So I looked at Johanna, and I said... What if we just started driving? Do you think we could do it? 
She looked back at me and our eyes hardened into steely resolve. Google says the trip was 1,552 miles, with an expected time of 23 hours and 19 minutes. We did it in about 36 hours. We stopped for gas, food, and bathrooms. At midnight, we stopped and slept for a couple hours in a parking lot of a Casey's somewhere in Oklahoma. At least I think it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Kansas look very similar at night. Then in St. Louis, we had to do some clothes shopping. I wasn't quite coherent as we wandered around Walmart and Academy Sports. Then, just an hour away from home, the interstate was closed due to an accident. I thought I was going to lose my mind. My sciatica pain was screaming down my leg. We took the detour and drove 20 miles an hour through miles of small towns that weren't ever designed to handle all the traffic that was bailing out from Interstate 70. Finally, we arrived home, and I collapsed out of the van. It took a while to feel normal after that. Our culture has a weird fascination with endurance. Almost every sport that's out there has a group of people that have figured out how to make it an endurance sport. Runners have marathons, bicyclists have endurance races, motorsports has the 24-hour Le Mans race, and the real nuts take it even further. Ultramarathons, foot races going further than the standard 26.2 miles are held all over the United States. Why? These aren't the fastest runners. The fastest guys compete with Usain Bolt in the 100-meter dash. We don't admire them for their speed. We admire them for their ability to get to a high speed and stay there for seemingly forever. We shake our heads because of their ability to endure discomfort and pain. We love marathons because we realize we could never do it. In Philippians 2, 12 through 18, Paul is wrapping up a section of writing. He's talked about getting through hard things. He's talked about Christ and the suffering he went through. He even wrote a poem about Jesus and how he became a slave for us. And now he wraps up this section with a final paragraph of encouragement. Two things stood out to me about this paragraph. First, he reminds his readers to stay plugged into their fuel source as they run their marathon. The one bringing forth in you both the desire and the effort for the good sake of his pleasure is God. God is the one that makes us want to keep pushing forward and gives us the ability to do so. It's all about him. If we get too caught up in the details of what we're doing and forget God, it's like if I were to get so caught up in my GPS that I forget to fill the tank. And the other thing that stands out to me is Paul urging his readers, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And wow, is this one ever huge. We've done many, many car trips with our five kids. The moment we hear whining starting to come from the back, thunder and lightning and judgment begin to rain down in that van. I have a zero tolerance policy for whining. Why? Because whining takes a long trip and makes it an eternity. No one can stand being in a van with a whiner. I mean, we're all uncomfortable. We're all tired. We're all ready to be there already. But whining makes the suffering that much worse. Paul is saying that this life is hard. We're expected to serve, to pour ourselves out like Christ did. The world will not understand and will usually be hostile. We will have many difficult things that we must endure, but the destination and the reward is worth it. So we must keep ourselves focused on God, and we must not start whining. 
Paul is running alongside his readers as they tackle the 16th mile of a marathon. Keep going, he says. Remember your source of energy. Ignore the pain. Keep your eye on the finish. It's coming. Let's pray. Dear Father, forgive me for my whining. Forgive me for my need to complain. Forgive me for getting distracted and forgetting to make you a priority in my life. I pray that you'd give me the desire to keep running and the energy to do so. I know that both of those things are a gift from you, and I want my life to be an act of worship to you. A couple things for you to think about today. Are you a whiner? What is it that makes you whine or complain? What issue are you trying to address with your whining? Spend some time thinking about that tendency in your life and how to get ahead of it. And then secondly, would you say that you're plugged into your fuel source? Is your tank running empty? How can you ensure that you're looking to God regularly? Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time as we pray together.